walking around the room was quite fun, seeing who people were drawing, um, a few sketches going on. I wonder who the most creative person that you can think of is. As we think about being made creative this week, are we just talking about the person who has curly handwriting or who doodles in a notebook, who wears quirky clothes or produces beautiful pieces of art? Well, I hope that as we look at Genesis chapter 1, we see the different aspects of God's creativity and so we come to appreciate the way we've been created with creative talent. Everything I say this afternoon is going to fall under these three pictures that I've collected from around the room. If you can't see very well, uh, this is an arrow. This is a pretty detailed sketch. And this has got lots going on around it that adds uh, to who the person is. Um, but first, before we get there, and we get to those pieces of paper, um, let's just see in verses 1 and 2 of Genesis chapter 1, the kind of issue that is set up in the narrative at the beginning of creation. Have a look there on the screen or in the notebook. You can maybe make a note of this. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep and the spirit of God was hovering over the waters. See, there's kind of three issues set up right at the beginning of the creation narrative. Verse 1 is kind of like a header. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. That's what's happening in chapter 1. But look at verse 2. We hear three things about what's going on. First, the earth was formless. There's no beauty to be seen. It's without form. It's formless. Second, see up on the screen... It's empty. The earth was empty. Actually, there's a lack of anything. It's empty. There's no spark. It's empty. And third thing, darkness was over the surface of the deep. Actually, this is a picture of disorder and chaos. That's obvious when we think of the word darkness. If you've ever been in a gathering this kind of size where there's been a power cut, immediately as you're plunged into darkness, chaos ensues. People are getting up, people are scared, there's suddenly a hubbub of noise. It's chaotic because in the darkness there's chaos and disorder. And especially in the ancient world, the deep was considered exactly that. It's Actually, as junior church spent time looking at Noah, it's the same word that described the deep floodwaters. It doesn't take much imagining to see why that deep and the darkness is a picture of chaos and disorder. And so just in those first two verses, you get a glimpse of what God is about to do because it is empty and lacking. It's formless and shapeless, and it's chaotic and disordered. And we're given that description especially to appreciate God's amazing creativity for the rest of the chapter. Because look, just read with me from verses 3 to 5, coming up on the screen as well. And God said, 
let there be light. And there was light. God saw that the light was good. And he separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day and the darkness he called night. And there was evening and there was morning the first day. You see, the first thing God does in the emptiness, God's creativity brings a concept. And God said, let there be light. Here is his idea. Light in the darkness. When there was nothing, God brought something. Here's the first picture I collected from around the room. This is what someone drew. An arrow. Maybe you're thinking, oh, that's not particularly creative. Not sure why I picked that. But of course, this person was sat behind the person that they thought was the most creative. And they used their paper and they used their pen to come up with this concept to point to the person that they thought was most creative. I said, I want you to use the paper to draw, showing who the most creative person you can think of is. This person was creative in answering the question. Their arrow pointed to the person near them. They had an idea for how to complete the task. The concept to draw, to use it rather than to sketch it, is creative. The idea, the concept, is creative. It's a bit like a light bulb moment. Brought a light bulb along with me. Little picture to remind ourselves. It's like a light bulb moment. It's the conceptual creativity. The idea that comes, it's creative. Now, it might not be the first thing that comes to mind as we think creativity. But he's, God has the idea to create something from nothing. He's conceptually creative. Second thing God does in the formlessness, God's creativity brings beauty. Look at the green there on the screen. And there was light. God saw that the light was good. You see, God actually forms in the formlessness. This is the moment God's creative idea comes to fruition. It actually happens. God actually creates something that is good and beautiful. Here's the second picture I collected from around the room. If you can't quite see it at the back, very detailed. Maybe you'd say that's more conventionally creative In just three minutes, this person has been able to produce something that is beautiful out of just the pen and paper that was given. It's a bit like Play-Doh. Play-Doh, as you know, when you get it for the first time, you take off the lid. And it's all there, but it's formless. There's nothing to it. It needs to be moulded. Now, of course, you put Play-Doh in the hands of a toddler. You might get a few sausages and a ruined carpet, but you won't get much more than that. But you put it in the hands of a creative genius and Play-Doh comes to life. Because someone with that kind of creative skill is able to bring beauty from formlessness. We'll look at the third thing God does. 
In the chaos and disorder, God brings order. In the picture of darkness on the surface of the deep, God brings light. But not just light, straight away he brings structure and order. Just look at the yellow words there on the page. There's a system and things are labelled. God names things. There's time frames. Here's our little picture to remember it. You know what that is? A label maker. Everyone knows someone who loves a label maker. In fact, I messaged somebody this week to ask, this is a WhatsApp, I just asked, do you have a label maker? Within one minute, the person messaged back, of course I do. (laughs) In fact, it was better than that. It came back with a typo in it. But within about 30 seconds, that typo had been corrected. You know on WhatsApp when you get that little um, thing in the corner where it says edited? So I just saw the typo and then I saw it corrected and it says edited in the top hand corner. Why? Because that person wanted to bring order from the disorder. God brings order from the disorder. Already in verse 3, things are organised and structured. God names the day and night. He sets in time and place. You see in the first five verses already, you see the pattern of the creation narrative. God shows his conceptual creativity. He's the ideas guy. In the nothingness, he has a light bulb moment. He creates something from nothing. God shows practical creativity. He's the artist. In the formlessness, he creates beauty. Like an artist with a lump of clay, he actually produces something that is good. And God shows ordered creativity. He's the systems man. He creates ordered, he creates order from disorder. He brings structure and names, like the label maker, shape and clarity. Let's just spend a bit of time and appreciate these three things as we walk through the rest of the chapter, how they flow out. Look at God's ideas through the chapter. Have Genesis 1 open, just look down with me. Verse 3, let there be light. Verse 6, let there be what he then calls sky. Verse 9, let there be seas and land. Verse 11, let there be all kinds of plants and trees. Verse 14, let there be lights in the sky. Verse 20, let there be birds and fish. Verse 24, let there be animals. And look, in all of those ideas, those creative concepts, we could spend hours marvelling at just how amazing God is. But look at verse 27. He created humans. Just think about the creative concepts involved in thinking up a human. For a moment, just put your hand on your heart. Feel it beating, hopefully. (laughs) On average, your heart beats around 100,000 times a day, pumping 2,000 gallons of blood around your body taking oxygen to your muscles to keep you alive. 
Who comes up with an idea like that? Just run your finger over the surface of your arm, your hand. Feel the tiny little hairs. Your body is covered with around 5 million hair follicles. Each one helping you to carefully regulate your body temperature within a couple of degrees. Who thinks of that concept? Just run your finger over the top of your tongue. It's a bit weird, isn't it? (laughs) The adult tongue has somewhere in the region of 5,000 taste buds, each carefully programmed to pick up the qualities of food so that we can enjoy and regulate our nutrition. Who's had that light bulb moment? God did. God did, God did. In his brilliant creativity, when the earth was empty and lacking, God said, let there be this. Let there be this. Let there be this. Well, look at how God brings beauty from formlessness. I think it has to be said as you read through Genesis chapter 1, this is maybe the most understated thing. He has the idea... And then he actually formulates his idea into real form. But as you read through the chapter, it just says, and it was so, and it was so, and it was so. Just maybe look at these pictures coming up on the screen as you follow through the chapter to appreciate the beauty of just those words, and it was so. Verse 9, the ground, and it was so. Verse 11, the plants and trees, and it was so. Verse 14, the sun and moon, and it was so. Oh, yeah, and of course, verse 16, he also made the stars. Verse 24, the animals, and it was so. Do you see the point in what looks like effortless creativity? God creates beauty from formlessness. He actually practically produces exactly what his idea was. And the earth is full of the goodness and glory of God. It is beautiful. Well, look at how God brings order from disorder. There's clear structure to what God is doing. Verse 5, he names day. He names night. Verse 8, he names the sky. Verse 10, he names the land, he names the seas. Verse 12, he sorts the vegetation according to its kind. He sorts creatures, verse 21. Verse 24, he sorts animals. Do you see, God is deliberate in ordering his creation. This is not chaos, this is careful, it's considered At the end of each day, there was evening, there was morning, the first day. There's great order in what's going on. Maybe you've seen this before coming up on the screen. Here's the pattern in God's creation. Days one to three, he forms. Days four to six, he fills what he formed. Do you see? uh, Day four, relate to day one, five to two and six to three. There's a deliberate pattern to what's going on. God is ordered in the way he creates. God brings incredible order. And when he comes to create humans, he says, let us 
make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that mankind can use their creativity to rule, verse 26, to be fruitful, verse 28, and in the next chapter, to work and keep the land. You see, God creates humans in his image so that they would image him. Maybe you've thought before, why do I have a talent for when someone's desperately trying to explain something, my mind just jumps to a picture or analogy. It just makes it so straightforward. Why is it that on the sports field I'm able to instinctively do a little trick or flick or spot a pass that others wouldn't do? Well, it's because you're created in God's image, a bit like him. To image him, you're conceptually creative. And so you have ideas. You create something from nothing with an idea. Maybe you've thought, why is it that with the right tools, the software, pen, paper, I'm able to just pull together something that just looks good? Why is it that you walk into a room and you have an innate ability to just work out what little things will make the room look better? To make it a beautiful place? Well, it's because you're created in God's image. A bit like him. To image him, you're practically creative. So you can produce, you can form something of beauty. Maybe you've thought, why do I have a talent for opening a cupboard and instinctively wanting to resort and bring a better system to what's beneath, what's behind the door? Why is it that I can just naturally pick up a piece of paper and spot the grammar errors? Or just see the errors in a spreadsheet? Well, it's because you're created in God's image, a bit like him, to image him to be creative in bringing order from disorder. And those creative talents will outwork in lots of different ways. And that unique mix of creative talent is what makes you you. We might be a bit more light bulb than label maker, or a bit more label maker than light bulb, but we also might be really practically creative in a really physical way, be able to renovate a garden to something of beauty or in a really cerebral way be able to write a 500 word short story to form something beautiful and that's what makes us different but if we're made in God's image with creative talent we're called to exercise it to use it for his glory and so our joyous responsibility is to use those talents in the different contexts that we're called to we quickly see in Genesis that that goes wrong with Adam and Eve rather than using their creative talents in their context for God's glory they chose to go against him that's what we're all like seeking to use our creative talent for our own personal gain, to take the gifts God's given us and ignore him. We spent the last year in the book of Romans and we found a hinge in the middle of the book at Romans 12, the heart of God's redemption. 
Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Because of God's mercy, in not giving you what you do deserve, for taking his gifts and ignoring him, and in giving you now what you don't deserve, a new life if you trust in Jesus, now you can actually offer your body every ounce of creative talent that he's given you for his glory. That's what it is to worship. You might be a teacher. Your unique mix of creative talent allows you to be familiar with the teaching content, know pupils and their needs, think of ideas to use resources to deliver engaging lessons, to deal with parents at parents' evening in a way that is unique to you. And the very act of doing that, when offered to God in view of his mercy, it is worship because you were made creative. You might be a designer, architectural, graphic, product, Your unique mix of creative talent allows you to understand what a customer or client needs, to think of ways to craft a solution, to convince and persuade others where it will work, to deliver the proposal and form the product. And the very act of doing that, in a way that is unique to you, when offered to God in view of his mercy, it's worship, because you were made creative. You might fix things, computer codes, Cars, roofs, schools. Your unique mix of creative talent allows you to spot issues that need resolving, to research ways to meet the needs, to learn and practice the skill to make the change, to make it look nice, to make it safe, to make it efficient. That's unique to you. And the very act of doing that when offered to God in view of his mercy is worship because you were made creative. You might be a sports person. Your unique mix of creative talent allows you to think of skills and tricks to perform, to see a pass, to produce a training plan, to know where you need to maintain shape on the field, to perform the same movement over and over again consistently, to technically deliver exactly what is needed in a way that is unique to you, in the very act of doing that, when offered to God in view of his mercy, is worship, because you were made creative. You might be a parent. Your unique mix of creative talent allows you to recognise your child's needs, to have ideas for what might help them, to read or sing to them, to make things that will help them, to teach them, to discipline them, to care for them, to get routine and structure in the day in a way that is unique to you. And the very act of doing that when offered to God in view of his mercy, it's worship. Because you were made creative. You might work in some kind of healthcare. Your unique mix of creative talent allows you to think of ways to engage with your patient, to get the information that you need, to recall the required information, to practically deliver the treatment in a way that is unique to you. And the very act of doing that when offered to God in view of his mercy, it's worship. Do you see? 
I could go on and on. I've actually got four more examples written down. The very way in which you approach the things in your life is because God has made you creative. God made you creative like him. To image him. To bring him glory, to enjoy him. Will you enjoy him as you enjoy the way that he made you? Let me pray. Father, we thank you so much that you are a creative God. Thank you for all that we see at the beginning of the creation narrative. Lord, we thank you and praise you for how awesome you are in creation. Lord, thank you that in your kindness you made us in your image, a bit like you to image you. Father, please would you help us in every little detail of life in the week to come to recognise how we've been made like you and how in view of your mercy to us we can use our creative talent to bring you glory. Amen. Well, we're going to sing together as we think about God and just how awesome he is, how worthy he is of our praise. Let's stand and sing together as we praise him. <laughs>